0: Listen,
1: what's the how what's
0: the title of this it, Okay, heroes.
2: It's about 3 o'clock in the afternoon, Sunday, October 25th. And uh, I'm more or less horizontal with a cat on my legs. It's quite nice. On a sunny Sunday, I'm uh, on one of those anti gravity chairs, on my uh, back deck. I'm sorry if I'm not enunciating. It just takes more effort than I've got energy for. I've got my eyes closed. The sun is just beaming down on me. It's beautiful, and we're not going to get too many more days days like this. I was thinking I had to go somewhere. I had to go to Buffers Park. I had to get out, you know, and uh, get to a special place. And then realized, hey, man, you don't have to always be leaving home. You got a special place right here in your deck, right in the back, in the sunshine with my cat. So, uh, here we are. And, my voice probably gives it away, but I'm feeling a little, uh, a little the worse for wear. Last night was the, uh, um, launch party for the Dixon Jane zine. I tweeted about that. I didn't make a Facebook page or make a big deal about it. It was meant to be low key, and, uh, <laughs> it was, and it was fun. uh I held at the only cafe. I arrived just after seven, and uh, there was John Meadows holding our table for us There's a big old formica style table that you could have in the you know nineteen fifties kitchens in the front section of the only cafe, and it's the prize to get if you've got a group that's a that's the spot you because... Uh, everything else. There's a couple of tables in the back. They fill up pretty quickly, but this is this is prime. You're right by the window, front door, and it's it's a great place to be. So John managed to uh, secure that for us. I came in, and then shortly after that, Brian came. Brian, uh, you know, my kid has run off to chase something. I think it was just a blowing leaf, but something got her attention. She is a hunter. And uh, a bit wild, still wild Yuki, what is that? Mm. Anyway, uh, so John came, uh, the Brian, who uh, you've known and uh, heard about many times on this podcast My drinking buddy, basically We share a lot And then the lovely Lisa showed up, and I was very pleased about that I had uh, just texted her, let her know we'd be there. She lives in the neighborhood. And uh, it's always pleasant to have, uh, uh oh, forgive my sexism, but a lovely young lady in the presence of us, boring old farts. And uh, she seems to, uh, she seems not to mind. And then, surprise, surprise, Brent walks in. Brent calls a geek. And I was not expecting him, and he wasn't sure if it was a joke what I had posted about the party. But uh, he took his chances and came all the way here, and I'm delighted. Uh, oh, was a cat's back. It was only a leaf, false alarm. Um, so uh, that sort of made the evening. So I felt. gee, uh, I had the word earlier. When you sort of get some credit for what you've done. I felt validated. That was what I'm looking for. I felt validated. I uh, gave Lisa, John, and uh, Brian their copies. Prince was already mailed to him. And it was a, just a sense of uh, celebration. I'm glad I've done this. I'm glad I've put this out there. And I, I love the fact that the party consisted of five of us. It went on from there, of course. Uh, Lisa left and then uh, John. and uh, So I got the bright idea. Why not make a real party of it like a real party? And have a Nijikai, which is the Japanese term for the party after the party, the second party. Which a smaller group traditionally goes to. And uh, by then people are already half loaded and ready to keep on going. So we did that. We went to uh, the Eaton House for a couple of pictures. Initiated Brent into the club. He hadn't been there before and uh, he fit right in. A band gets on and it's your, uh, your okay to yell and howl. I mean, really let them rip full volume, uh, you know, cat calls and everything. And it's just one of the few places where you can do that. You try that in a pub downtown and you're thrown out. Eating house, it's uh, it's appreciated. So they had a band. Somebody was celebrating their 50th birthday. The place was full of women dancing. Uh, just lots of fun, as it always is, but the three of us sat at a table and, uh, howled and drank a couple more pitchers before heading home, and then I didn't get to bed till well after three, and foolishly, I hadn't really had supper, and then so I ate at 2.30 in the morning, some crap at home, I don't know what it was, and, uh. I was not feeling too good um partly you know i mean i tried I had a, a, a mixed tray of beer and uh that's always a bit dodgy because you're trying beer that will show up once on the menu and never again and uh, my stomach is paying for it today uh my stomach and uh, parts below and anyway i'm up now i've recovered No headache, just uh, no energy Today was going to be the day I was going to vacuum Because my wife comes home tomorrow It's vacuuming day But I don't think I'm ever going to get the energy to Drag around that vacuum I might have to wait till tomorrow Yeah Anyway, I just uh, wanted to say I'm sorry I don't have the spark I had last night I I was on my game last night I gotta tell you I was in fine form And uh, the closeness The joy That I felt We were sharing as friends John and Brent and Lisa and Brian and myself It's just a wonderful thing I know I harp on and on about this podcast About the importance of friendship But last night was just a perfect case of that Now, mind you These guys also boosted up my ego because I was in full Scarborough dude mode for most of the evening. And it was a sense of, hey, why have I I been putting down the Scarborough dude? He's actually quite a special guy. Um, And I felt that, I felt that in just a wonderful, joyous sense of, hey, this is me and I'm having fun here and, and people like me and enjoy my company, and and that was just an absolutely wonderful, terrific feeling. So, um, I had very low expectations for this sort of only half-serious launch party, and uh, looking back, I can't imagine anything any better than that. It was terrific. So there you go. That's an update from this Sunday. I think I'm just going to lie here a little longer, my, my voice is already gone. I'll be fine right evening. I've got a couple of steaks to cook, a little more Italian wine left over, I'll cook up some of these side dishes, you know, these pastas, and uh, then my son and I will probably watch the last episode of the season anyway, of uh, Narco's. And then back to the real world Back to getting serious tomorrow My wife may be home I gotta start planning for school And all that other shit But this was, uh Last night was the time for a blowout And a good time And a lot of laughter And I guess things that I can't really repeat today They just wouldn't be funny out of context But,
0: uh
2: Brent always makes me like Brent has got a wicked sense of humor He's very sharp Uh, hilarious And, uh I told him, I shouldn't have told him because he'll get a swell head, but uh, that he made the party, and his showing up as a surprise really did. It was, uh, it was a bonus. We, we trace our friendship back to Pod Camp Montreal when we left a very crowded room and uh, sat on a bench on a side street, a couple of benches, smoked a jay and uh, just started talking and got very open, and uh, that was the start many, many years ago, of uh, a very close, very special friendship. John, of course, has always been odd in his own way. (laughs) John is a character, too, and I admire his forays into live theater, musicals, singing, photography, all the things he takes on. He keeps a very busy life, a very creative person. And I feel blessed to know so many... uh, wonderful and interesting people and have them in a in a very uh, close and warm circle of friends so I'm going to sign out on that note and uh, get back to you later for another time, another place another mood, another feeling, another set of memories yeah bye for now
1: say, dear and true love will come to you. Pretend you're smiling,
0: forward, we have a huge amount of mass of land in Canada and tons of resources, so we have to to learn to work together better.
2: Totally. Totally. Okay, Okay. I'm going to uh, just fade that out. That's, of course, Isabel and uh, Dave on uh, their podcast, Broken Area. Or something like that. It's a beautiful day. I'm here at Bluffers Park on a Monday afternoon. Today is the day I've got to drive out to the airport and uh, meet my wife. Pick up my wife who's on an airplane right now, flying from Japan back to Toronto. And I just thought because it was sunny out, i will take advantage of this uh, beautiful weather. The few days we're gonna have left like this. I mean, fall does go. Quickly, and as I was driving down the hill into the park here today, I was thinking back to the times I've done that in the snow, and it's a uh, it's a pretty wild ride. So let me let's step out. I had a coffee. i got I got too many things to carry. I got this recorder. If we keep it going,
0: Ooh,
2: I got my McDonald's coffee. I just needed a break. I needed to get out. As soon as I get back home, I'm going to have to uh, vacuum. Here I am, locking the doors out. I've left the, uh, the roof open. Doesn't matter. Safe spot. This is the uh, cat side, where there used to be, like, herds of cats. And uh, they've managed to take pretty well all of them in. I think there's just a couple left. Half Mask, who has lived here all her life and uh, seems to thrive on the outdoors. Oh my God, I'm just thinking of my cat Yuki and if I just if she was abandoned I mean she was an outdoor cat that uh, found her way to our house and my god is she ever treated well with the food we give her and the loving and petting and combing and grooming and up at five thirty in the morning to let her out to play in the dark and back down again at seven to let her in and so it continues all day. Now, I've just and sat on a bench right at the, at the point, another peak here, and it's beautiful. I'm so glad I came out of the car. But I look at the bench and I see one ah, eight-inch diameter circle where it's been set on fire. Now, doubtful that was an accident. And then at my feet, two plastic cups from, I guess, Dairy Queen or somewhere that serves something, soft ice cream or something, just left here, like, thrown down on the ground. Like, it's, it's just obvious. These weren't carried here. These were humans who came here, had something to eat, and just threw the empties on the ground. Like, what the fuck? Man, this is cattle prod time. This is when I really want my electric zapper. And just right on the neck. You know, the kind of thing that... Uh, a certain somebody I know uses on his dog, although I, I hear it's not so bad. In fact, he uses it on himself from time to time and uh, claims it doesn't hurt at all. But I want it for humans. Get rid of the ones that you have for dogs. These electric collars apply them to humans. But the trouble is it always comes back to, yeah, well, who's in control? You know, who's the zapper and who's the zappy? Um... Not that I want to stir up any trouble, but uh, just saying. Apparently, I I preface too much on this podcast. I think that's another way of saying I, I sort of apologize. Uh, it's sort of like saying, I don't have anything against black people, but... And then you go on from there. And uh, I try. I didn't think I was doing that. I like to think at heart. I'm just such a nice, open guy and, and very much colorblind. But, I'm, of course, I'm not. Nobody is. I mean, I see color. The only thing is, I don't see yellow, and it's the weirdest thing. Even my wife will refer to herself as yellow skin, or Japanese people, These people being yellow skin. My eyes can't see it. It's, I know it's not yellow yellow, but it's not white, I guess, from their point of view. And I just don't see it. It's a weird thing, but nor would I ever categorize. But then you got, you know, Jesus, all human history is like that. It's tribal, you know. The redskins, the blacks, uh, the browns. Now we got the browns. We didn't even have the browns before, I don't think. You know, it was just non-white. But Anyway, you start talking about things like this and you, you find yourself in territory that uh, certainly could be easily misunderstood, misinterpreted. And it's, you know, all kidding aside, because I was kidding it's there's so little that we really understand of each other there's, there's so much we say and put out there and even in face-to-face conversations we'll say something and it's just you don't know what the other person is really thinking you mean or, or how at what level they understand and especially when it comes to jokes i was telling uh john when we were at the uh launch party Saturday night I'm going to keep putting that in there make it a real thing because it was um, that when I was younger John says well, my, my sense of humor I can deliver things so deadpan that people just sort of don't get it. And, it and it's easy to take things I've said for serious if you listen back any old Dicks and Janes you'll, you'll see that I don't think I've done it so much lately but I've certainly it's been a, a style of humor that I've always found very funny for myself but more often than not, completely goes over other people's heads. They just don't pick it up. And uh, my friends, way back in high school, used to use the term bullshit. Because family name being bull, it was an easy fit. And it referred to the stories I would tell friends that were deliberate lies. Not lies to make me self, myself sound better. Uh, but just stupid stories to see if I could suck somebody in. It wasn't a very nice thing to do, but it was I don't know why I did it, but I did it a lot. And uh, that just resulted in the term bullshit. So John said I should call my podcast or bullshit. Uh, maybe if I start a new one. Uh, I still haven't got around to explaining the whole baby Sally thing. And I, I did... I think I did... I've done it in person to people I think I did it yesterday to the intern and she got it, she understands fully what I meant and why Uh, and it's because I'm not Dick or Jane, Dick or Jane followed them out, Dick or Jane were who the readers from the 1950s were aimed at, this is you and this is who you will grow up to be okay, you're nice, you're proper you're going to do all the values that your father and mother taught you Um, you're going to follow through on that and you're going to be a good citizen and you're going to do the right thing and you're going to follow the the status quo. But Sally, baby Sally was the unknown. Sally wasn't under the control yet. She was still a baby. And as Sally grew up, the context, the background, everything had changed. It was new, it was different. People were smoking marijuana, for example. People were doing things. People were protesting in the streets. People were making love, not war things happened and Sally kind of went with that group and didn't follow the traditional path and that's how I feel my life was. My life could have been, had I been born, in the year my brother or sister were born, I would have been a very, very different person. I wouldn't have had the courage to break through, but the doors, the walls were already knocked down by the time I came of age. The beats had started it, this hippie movement continued it, the Music of the days sort of encouraged you to come on in, join us, and uh, it's us against the rest of the world. It wasn't revolutionary; it was certainly evolutionary. But uh, that's where Baby Sally fits in, and I and I'm just basically it's to give me an explanation for my life, like why am I the way I am? Well because of the time I was born, largely. Uh, John, again, the same, same evening, same conversation, was talking largely about context, that anything you say or do or react to, everything has to be seen in terms of the context of, of the times. And that is just so true. And, and I guess even individually we have different contexts, and that's why we're quick to misunderstand and and jump to wrong conclusions and and false assumptions and and all these things because of, okay, well, these are all the things, this is all the conditioning I've had heaped on me, and uh, this is the way I was brought up, and this is my background, and these were my days. So anyway, uh, I won't go on too much further about that. This is just meant to follow up my somewhat groggy opening uh, the day after the... uh, zine launch party. I was feeling a little bit rough and it was nice uh, to go to bed early last night, absolutely exhausted. After cooking my son and myself steak, chicken and turkey sausage, it was a good supper. Uh, But I've got to get back, I've got to do that vacuuming the whole house top to bottom, Uh, make sure the garbage is out, the dishes are done and then cook a uh, roast pork. So that uh, my wife, there'll be food in the house when my wife gets home. Because no doubt she will be exhausted from that long flight. So I guess, I don't know if that's just kind of a news update. Were there any new topics in there? No. I look down again at this. I'm going to have to pick up this shit and carry it to the garbage. I don't have rubber gloves. I don't think there's anything harmful here. But. It's just so hard to understand. Like, who are those people? It's not like a, an act of true vandalism or, or, you know, these aren't... It's just ignorance, stupidity, laziness. Did they do it to piss somebody off or did they... Did they could they possibly not know any better? No. Everybody knows there's garbage places everywhere here. Trouble is, all the wasps are on them now, and big flies and things, and I'm uh, a little reluctant to pick them up for fear of being stung. Yeah, you can see they were animal rights activists, and uh, they left these empty McDonald's containers so the insects could have a feast. Cigarette butts, of course, all over, and uh, beer bottle caps, and these people come down at night. and Yeah. All right enough complaining. Boys and girls, I guess that's it for now. I uh, thought I might have something more urgent to share with you, but apparently I don't. I just needed to get out of the house, and uh, Dixon Jeans is the one thing that uh, helps me to uh, get out and feel that I'm not wasting time. The park looks beautiful today. The clouds hanging over the bluffs. It is a very nice viewpoint. I don't know why I don't come to this spot more often this very point here. I, I guess often it's taken other people sitting here, but it is absolutely gorgeous. So uh signing out, I'll be back. Uh enjoy some tunes and uh more to follow. Oh there's a tweet. I better I better find out who that is. Bye for now.
3: Where the walker runs down to the Carson Valley Plain There lived a maiden, Darcy Farrow was her name And the daughter of Old Dundee and a fair one was she The sweetest flower that blew as a bed of goose down Was he as I hear? And he bought her silver rings and lacy things. She promised to wed before the snow fell that year. But her horse seated stump.
2: Yeah, I'm uh, in my driveway now. I just got home, but I thought of one more thing I wanted to add. Not really sure why. Uh, Maybe it relates to what I talked about previously. Uh, When I teach my ESL classes, I always make a point of describing the Canada I grew up in as compared to the Canada my children have grown up in. And my Canada was sort of almost, you think of it as the last days of white Canada. That's air quotes there. Um, my school was all white. It wasn't that it was privileged and rich. This was suburban, middle class, West Island, Montreal. Well, there was an economic divide. If your father didn't have enough money, you weren't going to live in the West Island, Montreal. You wouldn't be in, in there were poorer parts of the machine. You might be in the East End or a part of Dorval, but if you were Lachine, Dorval, Point Claire, Beaconsfield, basically, this was white Anglo-Saxon Protestant area in our school. Of course, it was defined as such. It was the Protestant school board of greater Montreal, so you uh, even ruled out the Catholics. And it was basically a homogenous group. And that was the norm. There it was. And it changed. It changed with the quiet revolution in Quebec. That certainly changed the whole economic status. This was, for those who don't know, a time when French Canadians started to rise up and, and say, just a minute now, uh, should the church really be controlling our lives to the extent that it had been in the past? And uh, why is it that uh, the English speakers have all the management jobs and we don't? and And things like that. And it was a bit of a A revolution, a a ripple, a current that ran through uh, Quebec in particular. And then Trudeau came along and introduced this concept of multiculturalism and just gradually uh, new neighbors started moving in. People of color, French Canadians, different people were living now in Lachine than uh, who used to be there. And Then I talk about the school that my children uh, went to and how when they were in kindergarten, they didn't look different. I mean, they looked different because every child was unique, but everybody was different. It wasn't a school of white people that my sons with slightly Asian eye features would have stood out in. No, no, no. Everybody is different at this school. Everybody is of some... Different parentage, heritage, background. And it's, it, it was genuinely to me a beautiful thing and a wonderful thing to see. And, and again, that's coming from Japan, where it was us or them. You were either Japanese, 100%, or you weren't. You were gaijing, generally referred to white people, or just alien. You were, you were non-Japanese. So to come back to this, you know, after quite a few years away this new culture again, Uh, was quite something and encouraging. And I'd just like to point that out to my students with the added comment that it is a a better Canada, a richer Canada, a more interesting Canada, and a better-for-them Canada than it used to be. And I may go on to explain, now, of course, you're living in Toronto, which is multicultural, and as you leave the big cities... And show up in small towns. And remember, I'm addressing students from Africa, Asia, India, and other parts. As you leave the city of Toronto and maybe head into a smaller town, you might find some people look at you in a slightly different way or, you know, who knows, speak louder at you. Um, Because not all of Canada has yet caught up to that concept. but. Anyway, for whatever that was worth, it's, it's something that gives me pleasure to, uh, to share with my students. And uh, I, I think people who have lived outside of their own country, in general, have a better understanding of their country. It's not just travel. It's actually been away for a while, so you have time to sort of compare it to wherever you happen to be. Or when you come back, you're, you're seeing it with new eyes. And that includes the flaws. It's not, oh, my God, it's great to be home. Isn't Canada wonderful? No. You're quicker to notice the things that you're not so happy about. But we'll leave that for another time. Okay, that's it. i got to go in now. Time to vacuum.
0: Um, bye for now.
2: You can hear that uh, rain on the roof of the car. Yeah, it's uh, Wednesday morning. I headed into my college. It's, uh, where are we here? October 28th. I thought I'd, um, I don't teach until tomorrow morning, but it's 8.30 tomorrow morning, so if I'm going to have a decent class, I've got to prepare before I go in. And you don't want to get there at 8 o'clock and hope to find a working photocopier because there's always a lineup, somebody jams it, and then walks away. And uh, you're just screwed. So I thought, I'll go in today and, uh, you know, plan a couple of ideas and then fall back on the textbook as we have to anyway. Um, But I couldn't find a bloody parking spot. It was so annoying. I mean, it's pissing rain, and I foolishly went... Around ten and classes start at ten thirty, so if anybody is going to be on time for class, and that includes teachers, they're gonna be coming in around then. So there were cars circling everywhere. And I went through teachers lot, students lot, there was not a spot anywhere. I thought like, fuck this. This is ridiculous. I'll work at home, email myself a copy, and then either go in later this afternoon if I can or, damn it, earlier tomorrow morning. anyway, you don't need to know that it's just that's why I'm sitting here in uh, St. Andrew's Cemetery I'm not in it, I'm parked at the gate to it it's always beautiful because the uh, all seasons but now the leaves are falling, especially in this rain the ground is covered in maple trees or maple leaves and there's always something kind of neat about a graveyard or cemetery and uh On a rainy, wet October day. My cat had me up. Pussycat had me awake at five, wanting out. It's kind of weird. She sleeps on a chair, uh, an office chair, which is all black, and she's just this white thing. So if I happen to open my eyes and I'm facing that direction, I see this ghostly apparition. You know, there's something white on that chair. That's a favorite spot. But... Uh, When it's time for her to get out. She doesn't use litter box anymore. I just, I want out. It's just, okay, a howl. And either you answer it or somebody else is going to have to. It's usually my number number two son, who's up all night anyway, letting her in and out. But she got me up at 5 and then wouldn't go out because it was too wet. And then again at 7 and again at 7.30. And I'm never angry about it, because it's just my pussy cat, And, uh, you know, if you're a cat owner, the whole point is to become their servant. And uh, that's what I am. So, anyway... God, am I struggling here? Am I looking for words? I've just been listening to um, Best Episode Ever, and, and once again it's that feeling fuck, am I ever glad I missed the 80s? And by that, I mean, I just wasn't here. I wasn't watching television. Uh, I was in Nigeria for two of the years and in Japan for a good many of them. Uh, and then when I did live in Canada after marrying, came back here 87 to 89, I guess. I don't even think we had a TV. And if we did, I wouldn't have watched much of it anyway because it wouldn't have been entertaining for my wife so it's just not a part of my life so that whole period of what was on television and of course I was older so people who are younger of television viewing age uh like Bob and Mark and Anthony uh not Mark sorry that would be Dave Mark's not in that trio um, they'd be, you know, growing up with this crap And a lot of it sure was crap It's fun to listen about Because they do their research or their Wikipedia search And come up with all kinds of astounding things And facts and information about characters Who, uh, most of whom I don't know <sighs> Alright, park that I thought that was going to lead me towards something Not being around in the 80s Uh, the other thread of... God damn it, I just... Like, during the day, suddenly I'll have a memory. And I'm like, holy fuck, that's that's a good story. That's something that's worth sharing. But of course, I'm not recording at that time, and I just let it pass. And, uh, it's gone. It's gone. So, I can't just suddenly, arbitrarily now think, Oh, tell them a good story about... And they, they 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 involve Mexico, Nigeria, Japan, uh, Vancouver, Ottawa, all the places I've lived in, traveled. But here I am shooting blanks so should I just drop it here? Am I allowed to even include this? It feels like I have to give something of importance. I mean, I always feel that way. It has to be something worthwhile. I've I've, I've been talking too much about the Dixon Jane Zine. I don't want to fall back on that, although I'm thrilled every time I hear that somebody got their copy. Um, for the record, the because I'll be in uh, Australia in January, the... Winter edition won't come out till mid-February, but I don't think that's going to upset anybody too much. But it still does mean send in your stories and articles because I will be collecting them all so that when I get back home to my mean computer where the program is and uh, everything else and I'm set up properly, I'll be able to just drop them in and uh, send it off to the printer. So, keep doing that, you know, stay engaged. God damn it, you wouldn't want to be out walking in this anyway. Even walking, it's a long walk to class from the parking lot. It'd be soaked by the time you got in there. Holy shit, this is part of, I guess, is that Hurricane Patricia or whatever that maybe hit Mexico and it's just sort of what's left sweeping up our way. I don't know if that's true or not, but who cares? Man, it's a lovely view looking through the window because, you know, the, the it's like the glass is all distorted. Like, it's, it's not just raindrops. It's covered with rain that's not moving. So everything you look at has this kind of weird filtered effect, which uh, makes it kind of beautiful. I probably should take a picture. Eh, why bother I've got too many Okay, I know there is one topic I'd like to just park And that is My office I went in yesterday and cleaned up And brought out some stuff Threw out quite a bit But I've got all these stuff from courses I've taken Like whole course manuals From when I did the adult education uh, Course series And The mediation, uh, counseling, and any papers I wrote, I want to see because I'm proud of them. I mean, they were were AA plus, all of them. And and my point was, I I was sort of feeling, okay, I'm giving up this office because I've had it for years, maybe since 2008 or so. We invested money making up business cards and pamphlets, what we were going to do, what CAPS was going to be about, and of course, I never pursued. I got that trip to China out of it. I mean, but I just never really was as committed, and obviously my partner wasn't either, because nothing happened. And I kept the office because I of thought, well, I've got, I've got this opportunity to do counseling and tutoring and all these other things. So it, just, it was a perfect space for it, but I never got it going. I'd, I'd contact somebody, I'd contact my buddy Jeff and say, listen, uh, I'll, I'll I'll give you a little plug. You circulated amongst the all the Japanese young people, you know. I'll get a few students, I'll give you a commission. And I never did it. And I think it, it's not that it's... Well, it's partly laziness, I'll have to say that. I'm just not driven. But it's partly because in my 60s, I don't want to be looking for new work or doing more work. I'm wanting to wind down and devote myself to the zine more than the podcast and and things that I like doing, things that give me pleasure and satisfaction and not worrying about making money. Now... I enjoy teaching. And if if somebody approached me and said, gee, can you do a small class for three young women from Japan who just want a good teacher, wow, I'd jump at it. But to actually make the effort to promote it, to advertise it, I'd have to go back and uh, keep the office. The counseling never happened, but I, I guess what I'm getting at was the courses... The adult education certificate me, it put me in good with the uh, head of the our program at the time, who was maybe partly responsible for the hiring. It didn't do any harm, the fact that I was taking these courses on top of my TESOL and Bachelor of Arts. And the counseling, although I thought vaguely I might be able to actually do some counseling, I never fully was committed to it, and I realized, no, man, you... You need other certification and you need liability insurance and you need so much more uh, because there's a lot of good qualified counselors out there. You're never really going to do that. But I realized, realized, realized that no, the true purpose was just taking the courses themselves of doing this thing that gave me satisfaction, gave me pleasure. It was in the moment. I mean, any role plays I did on my last course, well, any of them, I loved. I'm good at that thing. And so I, I still feel I've got talent, experience, skill that's kind of being wasted, that I could put better use. But as I pull back, as I pull out of the office and left, you know, the Canada-Japan Society, and as I'm tearing down on my teaching, I'm not teaching this winter semester, it leaves an opening for something else, and it may be that something will come in, There's there's a fluidity to life. And you can't always see what's ahead, and you can't always plan and measure and fix and institute and, and just, you know, get it, arrange it to work the way you want. And sometimes the letting go of just letting it be well, for a person like me, that tends to work better. That that's okay. If I really found I needed an office space, I could rent back, you know, part time that that office. I could do but maybe it's better, maybe I have talents. I, I still think I wanna be doing Uh, the youth justice, although I think, well, geez, now it's October, I'm leaving in January, that would give me what? November. Won't be back till late February. No point starting now, and then the summer comes, and while I'm kind of busy with my study tour, will anybody take me under those conditions? Well, perhaps not. What kind of a commitment can I make? What is the significance of this trip to Australia? What's it going to actually mean to me? What's it going to mean to my health? And the fact that walking has become such a burden. What's what's going to happen as a, as a result of that? Because everything triggers something else. Everything leads to something else. and Every action you take. So, all right, we're coming to an end here. But I, I, I do want to say, to me, maybe more than to you, but I look back from the start of Dixon James, holy shit man, I, I haven't been standing still. There have been trips to China, trips to uh, Japan, uh, those travels to the Maritimes, those trips through southwestern United States. Uh, any number of adventures that took place, the trip to Costa Rica there's still, my life hasn't been standing still and I think for a while I began to think that it it was you know just living in Scarborough for so long, but no Scarborough has been a wonderful base for me but there are still things happening, still things going on and it ain't over yet so that's it, I don't know what this amounted to, maybe I should just record this on double speed uh, because I did waste a little bit of your time but so that's what I got to say today On this rainy day That's what I've given to And it's it's a good feeling Rainy day People No Rainy days Always make me feel good There is something very special about it And I think that's why I was uh, Enjoying Vancouver so much When I lived up there Because there's a hell of a lot of rain That's for sure Alright So am Gonna go home Gonna do the work at home And uh Make sure this day is productive somehow. Bye for now. October 31st, 2015, Halloween, and also our 29th wedding anniversary, anniversary of our elopement. It's uh, not a day we traditionally celebrate. I mean, it's just weird being Halloween here, and we've been here 20-odd years in Canada. Uh, not the best of nights to go out to eat. So I don't know what's uh, planned. I know I bought a bottle of bubbly and a very nice chardonnay. And I will uh, see if she'd like to partake in a glass and uh, have a toast with my son as well. But uh, maybe not a whole lot more than that. I suggested Sushi, the our favorite place. At a kitchen fire, there's still clothes. That was Niji in Scarborough. And then the uh, Ichiban got a new owner, and the food just isn't as good as it used to be. So uh, the idea of coming home with a tray of sushi went by the wayside as well. <clears throat> but uh, we'll do something else. Maybe tomorrow, Sunday. It's a better day to celebrate anyway. Oh... I don't know if this is the ending of a podcast. I'm feeling it is because my energy seems so low. Or I was going to say the beginning of another. But since I don't have a whole lot to to add right now, I'm not feeling any spark. I think maybe this is a good note to end on. I was listening to MMD State of the Podcast and uh, what he's going through in the job search and so on. My apologies, MMD, for uh, telling you how to raise your dog. It's not my business. And I sure wouldn't take too kindly to uh, tell anybody that I should train my cat not to stick a claw in my nose, which she did this morning. She threw up on my bed, too. (laughs) The thing is, she is a little bit wild, and... She loves the affection and the scratching of the head like any cat. You know, almost sit on your lap and be just totally experiencing ecstasy. Just when you just know how to pat a cat the right way. And she loves to have her throat, you know, the head tilted way back and the throat scratched and rubbed and gently stroked. Um, But then when she's had enough or, you know, you touch her haunches, just, okay, hey, whoa, buddy, get out of there. Whack with a claw. And what she loves more than anything is just a chow down on my hand. Like it's like a piece of raw meat. And I, it's kind of a neat feeling. It's kind of tingly. She's got razor sharp teeth. So I look at my hand and, I, you know, there's scratches and gouges and scabs all over it. <laughs> but it's part of the fun of having a cat. And uh, cats aren't something you train. I mean, I could, you know. Be a little more clear about the thing, about, you know, hey, that's not nice. And I, I will tell her that. Yuki, that's not very nice. Don't do that. <laughs> to no effect whatsoever, of course. Uh, but anyway, I uh, let's leave that. She was just in an odd mood today. But no, if you're not a cat lover, you don't want to, even if you are a cat lover, you don't want to hear somebody going on about their cat. I know. You got your own, all right? Uh, God. Okay, there's something. I've I use curses I shouldn't in public. Like I was my, working with my stupid computer at um, the college the other day, and it's really annoying because you're sharing a computer with six other people, and you know you log in under your own password, of course, but you're always having to upgrade this or that, and they're not set up properly for sound, and I've, I want I've got to set it up for my students to be able to submit MP3 files. I thought, I'll just make a Dropbox. And there was no way I could test it on the computer the way it was set up. And I went and talked to a tech guy, and he said, oh, we're just putting in a proposal now to see if we can do that. And I'm thinking, well, Jesus, I've been here six years. You'd think at a college where they teach English, you'd have a very easy foolproof system for students to be able to submit files, say, audio files, you know? No, not yet. Got all this other crap. Uh, So, you know, I'll say, oh, God damn it. Jesus Christ. But I I won't hold back. I won't just mutter it. Jesus Christ. And realize, well, I'm in a room with people all around me. Not everybody who would take kindly to that. So um, I did apologize to somebody who was um, right behind me, a new teacher. And he said, it's all right. But I sort of had the feeling from his all right, like, what kind of an asshole are you? But, hey, that's a fair question. What kind of an asshole are you? So, uh, all right, that's one bad habit. I do it in the stores. People get in the way. Like there was a guy who, you know, the woman charged him wrong at the LCBO. There were lineups. Halloween is a day for people getting drunk. You know that. So there's long lineups. And this guy said, oh, you made a mistake. And she couldn't figure out how to fix it. And you got, come on, you know, there's six, seven people in this line alone. And you're trying to figure out how to refund the guy or correct his invoice. Come on. You're being paid a decent salary for that. You should know. Anyway, little things to get annoyed about, you know, but the same thing. I'll mutter, Jesus Christ. I'm like, no, don't do that. I think it's an old people thing, maybe. Or it is in my case, anyway. Uh, Yeah, I'm just... Man, there's not a whole lot of energy. I had a great day. I mean, I got up at 7. Of course, Pussycat woke me up throwing up on the bed. Um, But um, I managed to write an exam for my students, or, you know, prepare an exam, I should say. I love doing that. Like, a lot of the aspects of the job, I like doing. I, I love... Even if I'm working just in Word, of making it look perfect on the page, and it drives me nuts when I see other teachers that don't know how to use Excel or Word. I've never trained; I've just taught myself because I needed to do this stuff. And I hate it when other people will have you know mix up their fonts, or have something continue on one extra line, or split in the wrong place onto another page, and you know, the using instead of using a tab, they're using the bloody space bar. Things like that drive me nuts. Come on. So, uh, it's, but it gives me pleasure doing it. Now, marking it is never near as much fun, of course. But, uh, hey, I don't have that much to do. All right. I'm re- This is really, I'm going, I'm getting nowhere. I wish I could just sort of give this suddenly this big uplifting thought or story. I've, I think part of it is my rush is gone. Now that I've sent out uh, almost 50 Dixon and Janes. Of course you never expect to hear back from people. That's not part of the game other than eventually you hope an email with something to to send in for the next issue. Uh, that's of course what we beg for. Um the was a bit of a letdown after it's out, and then that feeling, as it is with each podcast I release, oh so, geez, that could have been better. Uh, that's not very good. You know, this constant measuring of things, comparing. Um, What I did want to say is that I taught Thursday and Friday, and in the Friday's class, I just had a wonderful time just talking about racism, discrimination, um, the election, Trudeau, other cultures, you know, the relative peace of Canada. I was telling people it was being a middle-class Canadian in this day and age is really like a lottery ticket. It really is decent if uh, you can land there. But a lot of open things. Talked about atheism and beliefs and really enjoying hearing, you know, the students. And maybe I talked too much and I should have constructed it so the students had more to say, but I did. And I'd I'd go around in my other class and just sit desk to desk and just talk to people. And that's really fun when you've got a class that's set up properly for an English class with these desks that kind of can accommodate up to eight students but you've only got four or five at a time and you just wheel a chair in there and you just sit down and you have this conversation or you go over some questions or have them read passages and help them correct their pronunciation it's great, teaching really is a pleasure, it's the one thing that um, I sort of landed on and maybe this goes back to MMD looking for a career, it's You're very lucky when you find something that you really like doing and somehow gives you a living. I mean, I've never done steady, you know, same job, one corporate, one company or school board. I I just wasn't cut out for that. But the kind of sort of almost freelance teaching I've been doing and working here and there as well as doing my own business in the education field, it's worked beautifully for me. And when it was the time to decide what I was going to do with my life, once I realized I'm not going to make a living as a writer because I, I'm not a writer. I, you know, I just had that illusion because there's fantasy, I guess, that I'll just be a writer. That'll be fun. That'll suit me. Partly because I just didn't know who I was or what I was capable of or not capable of. And it was just a way of defining myself. Okay, who are you? You're drifting. You're not focused. You're going on these adventures, which is great. You're doing this Jack Kerouac thing, I mean, that time of living up in Prince George, trying to get hired on the railway, and staying in the men's hostel, and hanging out with the town hobos, and looking for the free coffee, and spending afternoons in the library, because it was warm, that was real, real stuff, so I I convinced, okay, I have these adventures, I'll, I'll be able to tell these stories, and share these experiences, and I'll be the writer, and than it was that time, uh, 40 years ago, landing in Toronto on Markham and realizing, well, wow, I don't think I'm going to be a writer. And then going out and getting that job, teacher's assistant at this school, Tecumseh, Lord Dufferin, I should say, in, uh, in Cabbage Town. Tecumseh was another school I taught out in uh, in Vancouver as a teacher's aide. And just gradually getting a little more experience, and it coupled nicely with my BA. And it wasn't until... After Nigeria, there was another teaching job in Nigeria. It wasn't until after that that I came back and got my uh, TESOL certificate. And that allowed me to get better jobs and get that job in Japan, which allowed me, wow, to end up with a house and a career and so on. So it all kind of worked out piece by piece, bit by bit. And the reason I chose it in the first place, I realized it was a good choice, was I still like traveling and I realized well I was teaching you can go anywhere and have a job it allowed for that and and i guess the other thing was it was just something that i could do i'm suited suited for i'm not you know i mean there are people who will teach grammar better than i and but i can i can hold their interest and i know at the end of class when my students walk out they've enjoyed the experience i can keep it an interesting class and they will learn something it might not be you know, where to put the comma or uh, why we should have used the present progressive tense in this sentence instead of the uh, present perfect or whatever. But there's certainly the listening comprehension goes up and uh, I am teaching them the importance of just expressing your ideas clearly and thinking. And we do that through these little pictures I put up there. This last one was about uh, atheism and morality and so on. And not waiting for God to come and fix things. And it was kind of interesting because my Chinese students and my Sikh students all agreed. Because they're not sort of believing in this heavenly God that uh, we pray to. And he will take care of the poor and the sick and the needy. All right. Well, that's a little better. End on that note. uh, And I'm with that. Man, yeah. i got to get home and uh, see if there's something I can do to uh, make the day a little more special. I think I'll stay in. I don't think I'll end up in the only cafe tonight. So, here it is, Ken, signing off on yet another Baby Sally Talks podcast. This I think was probably number thirty or thirty-seven. Yeah, we're getting there. Bye for now. Tune in next week, and don't forget if you want your copy of <coughs> Sorry, the Dixon Jane Zine. Email DixonJanes D S A K S N J S at Gmail dot and let me know why or send in an article for printing in the next issue. Bye for now.